Well, we are in week four, the final week of our Lord's Prayer series. The Lord's Prayer is found in Luke 11. We're going to be there if you want to already turn there, Luke chapter 11. Uh, If you're in one of our pew Bibles on page 735. Uh, But I just want to kind of review where we've been, right? Where we've been in in this series as we talked about the Lord's Prayer. Uh, The first week we really answered this question, why do we pray? And we answered it to a small extent, right? We We didn't go into all of the reasons why we pray, but just a few reasons why we pray. We pray to express our need for God. We need God. We cannot do this alone. It's it's impossible to do this alone. We we pray to express our need. We pray also, we pray to, to build this sense of intimacy between us and God. Like any relationship, human relationship or whatever, we need this communication for intimacy to grow. Any any relationship will not grow without communication. So as we, as we seek to be more intimate with the Creator God who loves us and desires to be with us, then, then we need this communication. We pray for this communication. And sometimes we, we rush in and we pray and then we say amen and we're done, but we need to spend time listening as well, right? And, and allowing God to, to speak into our lives. And we pray that we would be used by God, right? This is why we pray. It's not all of why we pray, but just a little, little snippet of why we pray. And then in week two, we talked about how we pray. We pray with this desire, this, this hunger for more of, of God. We desire God's glory, that, he, that His glory would be made known not only in our lives, but in the world, right? We desire that God's provision would be made known not only in our lives, but in the world, that His grace would be made known not only in our lives, but in the whole world. We, we, just, we desire more of God. This is, this is how we pray. We pray out of a hunger for more of God. And then last week, we talked about praying with just this, this audacious boldness, right? Because of the shameless audacity is what Luke 11 says. Surely, surely, he's not going to get up and give you whatever you need because of you, just because you're friends. But because of your shameless audacity, Luke 11 says, surely he will get up and give you what you need. And we talked about praying with this shameless Shameless audacity because we know that God is not only able, but God is available and God is, is active in our lives. And we can pray with a boldness because we know those things. And so today we close off this series as we've talked about why we pray and how we pray and, and even continuing how last week and talking about this, this shameless audacity. I want to just, just close our series here by talking about praying with confidence, praying, praying with confidence and and uh, sometimes, even as Christians, I think we, we struggle with praying with confidence, right? We struggle with knowing, we struggle really believing that our prayers are, are reaching the ears of the Father, right? We, we struggle sometimes, should I pray this? Am I allowed to pray this, right? If I prayed this, would this even work? Well, and we don't have as much confidence in our prayers as we maybe should, Right, and so th- this morning I want to talk about, about praying with, with confidence. And sometimes we even, we even spiritualize our unconfidence, right? We pray something and then in the back of, my, of our minds we say, but if it's God's will, you know, we'll, we'll do this and we'll do that, right? And, and it is a great thing to seek God's will, right? But sometimes I think we say that more out of an unconfident prayer than we do out of an honest seeking of God's will in our lives. And we pray things, and we're like, God, I pray that you would heal this person. I pray that you would do this and do that. And, but if it's your will, you do your thing. And sometimes I think mentally we're almost just giving God an out here, right? If, if he doesn't, 
It's okay, I still believe that everything will be okay. And that's a great thing. It's a great thing to believe in God's will, and it's a great thing to seek God's will. But sometimes we say that not out of a place of seeking God's will. We say that out of a place of, I'm not sure this prayer is really going to work. And so I'm just going to say this whole God's will thing because I'm not sure. And so what does it look like to pray, to pray with confidence? And why can we pray with confidence? I think Luke 11 really gives us a couple, couple things here to tell us why we can pray with confidence. And the first thing is, is the God we pray to. Luke 11 describes to us the, the God we pray to. And in our passage this morning, he's going to tell us about a gift that he gives us. And because of these two things, we can pray with confidence. Our, our focus passage this morning is going to be Luke 11, starting at verse 11 to 13. But we're going to read the whole thing, starting at verse 1. From 1 to 13. So if you turn with me to Luke chapter 11, <clears throat> I'll start reading. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Then Jesus said to them, Suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the other one inside answers, Don't bother me. The door's already locked, and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you everything. <clears throat> I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. And we get to our passage this morning. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, We'll give him a snake instead. Or if he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? All right, I mentioned that I think this, this focus passage of verse 11 through 13 really gives us two, two main things to, that, that we know that we can be confident in prayer because of. And the first one is this. We can be confident because of who, who God is. And this passage in this, in this section, it says that God is Father. God is Father. <clears throat> now, this is, this is really what Jesus is teaching in this, in this whole passage, right? It, even when he says, when you pray, start like this, say Father, right? He's teaching, a, teaching the disciples to pray and to see God as Father. And then he goes on afterwards in this later passage to, to kind of describe the love of the Father, describe what kind of a father God is. And, and sometimes this doesn't really leap off the page for us, right? We're, we're used to hearing God as Father. We're used to hearing, you know, sometimes when we pray, some of us just pray, Father, right? Before we even, we don't even think about it anymore. Well, that's just how we start our prayers, Father. This, this doesn't necessarily jump off the page to us, but for the disciples, this, this very well could have been a very weird thing. See, the disciples... And, and people in this time, they knew the Old Testament pretty well. And in the Old Testament, God is referred to as Father only 15 times. And in none of those times is it in relation to anybody but, 
but anybody, right? It's not in relation to anybody to God. God is not anybody's father. It's just talking to God as a father, right? But in the New Testament, in the Gospels especially, there's, there's, it talks about God as father 165 times, and all but one of them is in relation to how we relate to God, We relate to God as Father. God to us is a Father. This is is the picture of the New Testament. And what we see in Jesus' ministry is this this privilege for those who who trust in God, this privilege for those who believe in God, that that, that when they pray to God, when they talk about God, they are not just having kind of a, a theological monologue. Right, we're speaking to God on an intimate level like a father would to a son or a daughter. We're speaking to God out of, out of a relationship with him. And this is, this, is the, this is what the ministry of Jesus is really trying to get across here. We come to God as a father. And I think sometimes this is something we need to remember. Right, sometimes we, we come to God and it's almost, we almost flip-flop that. We come to God and it's almost like we're the father and he's the child and we're trying to tell him what we want to happen and this is, this is how this should go and this is what I want you to do, right? And, and as if we, we run the universe, right? And, and I think it's something to remember that, that God is God and we are not and that our prayers do not control God and thank God that our prayers do not control God. Can you imagine if all of your prayers and all of my prayers were just answered in the affirmative? Can you imagine if everybody in the whole world's prayers were answered in the affirmative? What, what a mess this world could end up being as we just pray like this. It, it would just be one thing of, of my needs getting, my wants getting met, my, everything that I want, everything that I desire, all my selfish wants and desires being answered, and all of yours. And then what happens if they, if they mix? All right, there's a, <clears throat> there's a movie called Bruce Almighty. Some of you may have seen it, some of you may not have seen it, right? And, and uh, Bruce and God trade places for a little bit. And, and Bruce begins to get all these prayers, and then he just clicks reply all, yes. And the world just goes nuts. I, I, we, our prayers do not control God. And thank God that our prayers do not control God. And think about this. If our prayers did control God... Who would that make you? That would make you God. Thank God that our prayers do not control God, but how awesome that we can go to God as our Father. Right? Our Father. When we pray, Father, we're, we're not only expressing a reverence to Him, we're saying, God, you are, you are more than I am. You are bigger than I could ever be or ever imagine. God, I, I, I honor you. I revere you, God, as Father. Right, but it also, it also says that we're, we're having and enjoying this relationship with God. Right, some of us have, have maybe had some absent fathers in our lives. But God the Father is not an absent father. God the Father is a father that is always there, that is always there to, to go to. It's, it's always a father that we can have intimacy with. And if God is Father, think about how cool this is. If God is Father, then we are children. And think about this. Just think about this image. <clears throat> the God who created the universe, who breathed out the stars and knows them by name, who created the earth out of nothing, 
calls you child, calls you son, calls you daughter. And this is just so surreal for me. I struggle sometimes. I'll be honest with you. I struggle to pray Father God sometimes. Because I was one of those people with an absent father. But when I think about this, when I think about God the Father who, who created everything, who created me, who knit me together in my mother's womb, this same God, this creator God calls me son. And what a powerful image that is. And, and Jesus continues here. He's, he gives us this picture of, of this gift that God is giving us. And he begins to, to contrast earthly fathers with heavenly fathers, right? And, and there's this phrase in here, how much more will your Father in heaven give? Right? This verse 13, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? How much more will your Father in heaven give? See, heavenly fathers, we have this tendency to, well, not really a tendency to, but we're just, Jesus calls us evil. And it doesn't mean we don't have good intentions. It just means that we are human. And as a human, we're born with a, with a sin nature. We're born with this, we, we mess up sometimes. We're not perfect. But the heavenly father is, is a, good, a good father. This is who the heavenly father is. Right, the the uh, he, uh, earthly fathers, we have this this limited wisdom. Yeah, you know, I, I my kids ask me so many questions, and you know sometimes I just I have no idea what you're even trying to ask. I don't know how to answer the question that you're asking. Right? I don't know. I have I have a limited amount of wisdom in my. I, I'm kind of smart, right? But I don't know. That's what my kids think, at least. Right? My kids think I'm really smart, but there's some questions that I just don't know how to answer this. Earthly fathers, we have this limited wisdom, but, but our heavenly father has an infinite wisdom that we go to father with our, our questions, we go with our problems, and, and he knows. Amen. He knows all about it. Right. And he's probably seen it before. All right, we have, we have a, a limited wisdom. He has an infinite wisdom. We have an imperfect love. As much as I love my children... It cannot compare to the perfect love of God. Earthly fathers, we have this imperfect love. As much as we might love our kids, it will never compare to the the Father's love, this perfect love that He gives. And this this is why we can have confidence in our prayers. Because of who God is, we have a good God, a perfect God who has infinite wisdom and who has a perfect love and who wants to be with us. This, this God who is not absent, right? He is available, as we talked about last week, all the time. This is the God that we pray to. This is why we can have confidence in our prayers. This is the coolest thing. We don't have to have confidence in what we pray because we have confidence in who we pray to. As it just blows my mind sometimes. I might pray things that are selfish sometimes. I might pray things that, that may or may not be in God's will sometimes. But I don't have to have confidence in, in the words that I say because I have confidence in who I'm saying them to. 
Right? We can have confidence because we know who God is, but we also can have confidence. The second thing I was talking about is because of the gift that he gives us. All right, verse 13, Luke 11. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Now, this second, this second part here. How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? If that sounds weird to anybody, it's because it sounds a little different in Matthew, just like, the prayer, this, like this prayer sounds a little different in Matthew. All right, if you turn with me to Matthew chapter 7, here's what this says. I'll just start at verse 7-7, seven, seven. Just, just see if this sounds familiar to you. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, here's the difference here, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you, for this sums up the law and the prophets. But, but check this out. Here's the difference. How much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Whereas in Luke 11 it says, how much more will your Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? All right, and, and I think, and, and sometimes this is, it's almost easy to be disappointed here. Think about it. I'm praying for this and this to happen. Luke 11 says that God gives the Holy Spirit. Well, that's nice, God. That's nice that you're giving me the Holy Spirit, but, but I really wanted this to happen over here. I really wanted this person to be healed. I really wanted this person to come to know you. I really wanted this to happen or this to happen. I, I was really hoping for this job. I was really hoping for this and this and this. Thanks for the Holy Spirit, but, but what about what I actually prayed for? Now, saying that out loud sounds kind of silly, doesn't it? But isn't that how we act sometimes? But, but here's, here's the thing. It's at this point we begin to, to kind of unlock the beauty of this and unlock the beauty of why we can be confident with, with what we pray for because the gift is the Holy Spirit. The gift is the Holy Spirit. Here's, here's some things about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit indwells us, right? The Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of us. And so think about this. When we ask for comfort, God gives us the comforter. When we ask for guidance, God gives us the guide. When we ask for truth, God gives us the spirit of truth. When we ask for gifts, he gives us the giver. How awesome is this? Right now it sounds silly when you, when you think about, man, thanks for the Holy Spirit, but I really wanted this over here. Right? The Holy Spirit is so much more than anything that we could ever ask or imagine, anything that we could ever want or desire. The Holy Spirit is so much more, and it lives in us. See, but here's the thing. We want things. It's just our nature to want things. We want something we can touch, and we want something we can feel and hold on to. We want things just the way that we are as human beings. Right? But God gives us, when we pray, we're not praying to get things. We're praying to receive the Holy Spirit. And when we pray, God gives us this gift of the Holy Spirit. How amazing is this? This is not something I'm making up, people. This is, this is straight out of Luke here. That when we pray, God gives us the Holy Spirit. 
Right? The Holy Spirit indwells us. But not only does he indwell us, he, he empowers us. Right? Think about this. The same Spirit who formed creation. The same Spirit who directed the prophets and the kings in the Old Testament. The same Spirit who led and anointed Jesus in the New Testament. This same Spirit is alive and well in you and in me. If you have accepted Christ as your Savior, if you have, have said yes to God, you have received the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is in you. Acts 2 says you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. The Holy Spirit empowers us, this same Spirit. This is why this gift of God should give us confidence when we pray. We can have confidence because we know that the gift of God is the Holy Spirit in our lives. And as we ask for comfort, we have the comforter. As we ask for for gifts, we have the giver. We can be confident. And and, and this is is God basically saying, "I'm I'm not leaving you to do this by yourselves. I know what you want. I know what your desire is. I know you desire for this person to be healed or for this person to come to me or for this job to happen. I know this is your desire. But guess what? I'm not leaving you to do this on your own. I'm with you. I'm empowering you to go. And here's the, probably the coolest thing about why the gift of the Holy Spirit should give us confidence is the Holy Spirit pleads for us. The Holy Spirit mediates for us. If you turn with me to Romans <clears throat> chapter 8. Starting at verse 26. In this same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. I love this image of the Holy Spirit. It intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance to the will of God. And then just as we sang about this morning, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Sometimes I think we separate those things, but it's right there. That we have a spirit who who knows our hearts and who intercedes with the Father. And because of that, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who have been called according to his purpose. We can have confidence in our prayers because not only who God is, but, but we know that the gift that he gives us is the Holy Spirit. Man, how amazing is this? This should change the way that we pray. It should change the way that we interact with God the Father, the things that we ask for. It should, it should change everything. We should pray with, with confidence. This, this shameless audacity that I was talking about last week makes a little more sense this week, right? Because we're, we're praying and the Holy Spirit is inside of us. The Holy Spirit that knows our hearts is going to the Father for us, interceding to the Father for us. We can pray with confidence, knowing that he hears us. But here's the thing I really want to just end on this series with. This whole, this whole thing, 
being able to pray to God the Father, being able to have this intimate relationship with him, being able to, to really truly call him Father and to have this relationship. This, this praying with, with this desire, this hunger for more of him, this, this praying with this, this shameless audacity that we talked about last week, this, this praying with confidence that we're talking about this week. None of this matters unless Jesus Christ lives, dies, and is raised from the dead on the third day. None of it matters. And for centuries and centuries, people have been, been coming to remember the sacrifice of Jesus in a very specific way. We come to the table, and we take communion, and we symbolically remember the, the brokenness of Jesus' body on the cross for us, and the blood of Jesus that was shed for us on the cross. And this is what makes it possible to pray and to have this relationship with God the Father. And if you don't have this relationship with God the Father, I just invite you this morning, I invite you this morning to begin today. That this is not just a, this is not a relationship that only certain people can have. That this is a relationship that every single one of us in the, in the whole world can have. In fact, John 3.16 says that God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. This is the gospel. And if you've been listening over the last four weeks and thinking about the prayers that we're praying and thinking about this, this fact that, man, I can pray to God as Father. Man, I can, I can this, this, this God, this Father God wants to know me and wants to love me. This, this Father God, I can pray to him with some boldness. I can pray with confidence to this Father God. I, I want that. Then I'd pray that you would invite him into your life today. And it's really simple. It's just being really honest and saying, God, you're God and I'm not. God, I, I, I desire you in my life. I don't want to live the way that I was living anymore. I want to live for you. I want this. And I'm going to ask our ushers to come forward in, in just a second as we do communion. And as, as, the, as the communion elements get, get passed around, I just want you to know, if you don't, in no way do you have to take this. You don't have to be a member here to take communion. All we ask is that you just have faith in Jesus Christ. And if today is your day and you're saying, I want this faith in Jesus Christ, and I just pray that you would, you would just pray this prayer before we have communion this morning, that you would just receive Christ into your life and let communion be the first thing that you do. I'm going to ask our ushers to come forward. And as they, as they pass the elements out, would you just have a, just kind of a quiet time of reflection this morning? Just remember the sacrifice of Jesus in your life. Remember the, <clears throat> the cross, the death and the resurrection of Jesus that makes all of this possible.
1 Corinthians 11, Paul writes, The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Take the bread. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Take the cup. Let me pray for us. God, God, this morning as we take this communion, I remember your sacrifice. Remember the the life and death and resurrection of your son Jesus. God, I pray that you would just continually remind us of that. God, will we never forget the gospel? Will we never forget your love and your sacrifice? Will we never forget that we're yours? That you call us children, that you call us son, you call us daughter. God, but it's not possible without your son, Jesus. God, we thank you so much for, for this series and for just what you've taught, not only just taught me, but taught us through, through Luke, God, as we've, we've talked about this Lord's Prayer. God, will we begin to pray with confidence? We'll begin to pray with boldness this week as we go forward. Will we make a difference in our world because we, we are in tune with you, we are in touch with you, we're intimate with you, God. God, we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you stand with me this morning? And I just want to say, if you, if you did accept Christ this morning, if you, if you said this morning, I, I want that, I need that in my life, I, I encourage you to come talk to me after service. I would love to, to talk to you about it. I'd love to, if you don't have a Bible, give you a Bible. I'd love to uh, just be with you in this. And so, uh, but I want to end with this blessing this morning. So would you just, uh, just receive, open up your hands and receive this blessing. This is from Romans chapter 15. Paul says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, as you have confidence in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Go in peace this week. Amen and amen.